This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. This is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates. Listeners, if you like more information about what you hear on our show today, you can get a hold of us in a couple of different ways. You can simply give us a call at 541-773-9567 or visit us online at jonesfinancialtalk.com. And while on the website, please click on the radio page to check out all of our past shows and also to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And as always, don't hesitate to reach out to us with any questions or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. Now, listeners, retirees and near retirees received a very good piece of news lately, and that's that the Social Security Administration is going to increase Social Security by 8.7% for a cost of living adjustment that's going to go into effect next year in 2023. And that's the largest COLA bump that we've had since 1981, if you can believe it. Last year was a very hefty increase of 5.9%, but this is 3% higher. And so before we discuss this exciting Social Security news, I'd like to bring in my co-host, Mr. Tony Shore, to help us with that topic. Um, How you doing, Tony? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Nick. It's so good to be here with you once again. And just, I love this time of year. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, The holiday season and love the show. Sounds like you've got a lot packed into this show for us. So we probably should jump right into it. But first, how have you been? That's the key. That's the question. Things are great. I know it's uh, I know it's snowing back in Minnesota for you. And uh, we're getting very close to the end of the year. And it's cold here as well. But uh, I love the change in weather. So uh, I've been doing great, getting, getting ready for the holidays and looking forward to, uh, gosh, kicking off 2023 in just a few weeks, Tony. It's hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, tw- it's so hard to I believe. I cannot <laughs> believe how fast 2022 went in one sense. You know, I think about the financial issues and the economy and I'm like, wow, it seems like it's been a long year. But then I think about actual time and it just seems like it's flown. So, uh, you know, (laughs) it's interesting. Time flies when you're having fun, but if you're not, it can slow down for you. (laughs) It's been it's been flying by for me this year. Yeah, I I bet it has. (laughs) Been having lots of fun. You jumped in with both feet this year and you've been helping a lot of people. Uh, with their finances through these times. And I think that's great. So that 8.5, that's that's the highest I can remember. Um, uh, 8.7, I should say. That's a good raise. Yeah. Uh, I, I could use that raise in my co-host salary. Uh, my agent, my talent agent will be in touch with you, Nick. Don't worry. Everybody about would love to get a raise that big, right? Right. But as far as today's topic, I would imagine that this kind of an increase is a huge relief for a lot of people out there who have been hit hard by inflation, right? Oh, definitely. This year has been difficult for many people because of the inflation pressures. And, you know, uh, one thing to note here is that, you know, the Social Security benefits 
will rise on an average of about $140 per month beginning with payments that start uh, at the beginning of 2023. And it's estimated that the average monthly Social Security benefit uh, will jump from, uh, will jump to, I should say, about $1,800 a month for individuals. And the average monthly benefit for couples uh, who are both receiving benefits is going to be on average right around $3,000 a month. And so the maximum Social Security benefit for a person that is retired and has retired at full retirement age has gone up to about $3,600 a month. And so all of those numbers clearly are going to help with the inflation pressures, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so, too. And I, I think that's a, a good thing. Uh, everybody likes that kind of increase. We haven't seen this kind of increase in like 40 years. So that's uh, pretty huge news right there. Uh, and I know a lot of folks are looking forward to it. I, I think uh, there's also some potential tax implications, though, with a COLA increase of this size, right? Definitely. And this is particularly, um, you know, going to hit people that are still working. And so, you know, uh, more of workers' incomes will be subject to Social Security tax in 2023. Specifically, there will be an additional $291 in Social Security tax on the first $160,000 of earnings. And that is a jump from this year. The limit that could be taxed was $147,000 for, for workers in 2022. Now, <clears throat> furthermore, I should say, a very important point here that a lot of clients ask me about is the earnings limit for workers that are younger than the full retirement age, which typically is between the ages of 66 and 67. Uh, in 2023, okay, that number is going to rise to $21,240. So that's the most that they can make before they have any earnings limit issues with Social Security. And um, the earnings limit for people who reach their full retirement age in 2023 is going to bump up to roughly $56,500. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's good to know. I'm glad you've got all this information here for us today. And um, I'm sure a lot of listeners are curious about how the COLA is actually calculated. What can you tell us about that? Lots of people ask about this, especially because of inflation this year right. and um, what differences the government uses to actually calculate inflation and different things. So um, <clears throat> the cost of living adjustment is calculated using the com consumer price index for what's called urban wage earners and commercial workers. And it's similar to, but not exactly the same as the urban dwellers consumer price index. That is what is used to report inflation, Tony. Okay. And so um, if prices don't increase or if they tumble, the COLA will typically be zero. And some of our listeners may recall that there have been many years when we've had uh, no increase or zero cola. Those happened both in 2010 and 2011 because the economy was still battered and trying to recover from um, the financial recession that we had earlier before that in 08 and 09. And there also wasn't a cola increase in 2016 because uh, oil prices at that time were cratering. Now, what I will tell you also is Although COLA adjustments are based on changes in wages, you know, in, in, in the consumer price index, average natural prices, um, uh, um, you know, uh, are used rather than regional prices. OK, so the Social Security Administration, for instance, also calculates the percentage change between average prices in the third quarter of the current year against the third quarter of the previous year, because the fourth quarter is too late to actually enact yeah. those changes because we don't sure. get our statistics till the middle of January, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. 
Well, tell us some of the ways that someone like yourself, a financial professional, can help with the social security process. Sure. So this is probably the number one thing that new prospects and current clients that have not reached that age yet ask me about. And, you know, in my experience, no matter how much Social Security research you've done on your own, um, and no matter how much you think you know about the program, there's always going to be some surprising questions that still are likely to pop up. And, you know, for example, you can uh, begin receiving Social Security at the age of 62. But if you do so, your monthly payment is going to be permanently reduced. And a lot of people say, well, why? And that's because 62 is not the full retirement age, right? And so you need to think through that. Typically, the full retirement age for all people is between the ages of 66 and 67 currently. And uh, now, a moment ago, though, I noted that if you file for Social Security before your full retirement age, it's going to be permanently reduced. It also works the other way as well. So for those who uh, are born after 1943, your benefit will go up by 8% each year up until the age of 70. And then after you turn the age of 70, you no longer will receive um, any uh, particular perks or increases to wait. Hmm. Interesting. And you also have that Social Security maximization report that you can run for your clients and for our listeners out there, correct? I sure do. And you know, there are many helpful calculators on the Social Security Administration's website, but they don't point you to think through what are the optimized uh, options that you should consider. And so the reports that we run are very extensive uh, in explaining those different options for sure. Yeah. And I know that in some situations, some people may even want to wait uh, all the way up to age 70 before filing for Social Security, depending on their situation because that can benefit their entire financial strategy. There's just so many different things that can come into play for sure that you definitely need to discuss with your financial professional. Right. Um, Things like, you know, spousal benefits, the tax implications and much more. And, you know, in my opinion, Tony, Social Security just should not be your only retirement strategy. It's just merely a part of it. But you got to get it right, just like everything else, so that you have that benefit uh, and use it the way that you need to. Yeah. And again, that's where that social security maximization report comes in and each person's individual situation, say if they want to work until age 70, um, then they probably shouldn't file for social security early uh, because they're going to lose or uh, get some of those benefits taken back. That's right. Or if you want to work part time and start claiming your benefits early, you need to know what the what the thresholds are so that you don't get penalized for doing that. And right. So everybody's got a different situation, whether you're retiring earlier at the age of 62 or somewhere in your mid sixties or at 70. And there's just so many different topics that go into that. It's not a one size fits all. You know, lots of times I sit down with clients and they bring in their statement and they just assume here's what I'm going to do because this <laughs> right. is the way that the administration has marketed things. I'm going to wait until I'm 67 to get it or 66 in 10 months or whatever the number is. And that's just not the right thing to do. You definitely just need to uh, sit down with somebody that's got the tools to be able to sit down and explain everything to you for your specific situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge, obviously. Well, you know what? We should probably take a quick break here, but before we do, let our listeners know about that offer you have for them. Sure thing. So you can just go right to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. You can request um, help from us in any way on our website there, as well as uh, Social Security maximization reports, if that is something that interests you. 
Definitely. And you know what? Uh, this has been a great show so far, but we've got a lot more yet to come, Nick. So listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Jones Financial Talk right after this. When it comes to retirement planning, many people spend their energy focusing on how to accumulate a large retirement nest egg without giving any thought to where the retirement assets should be invested. While accumulating your desired amount of retirement assets is important, we feel that it is just as important to have your money in assets that represent the level of risk or safety that you want. Red money is money that is at risk and subject to market volatility. Yellow money is money that is at risk but is professionally managed. And green money is money that may have its principal protected and is less subject to large market swings. At Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, an easy way to determine where you should have your retirement assets allocated is to use the color system for your money. We created a simple way for you to group your retirement assets called the color of money, which is located inside our Retirement Income Toolkit. Download our complimentary retirement income toolkit at jonesfinancialtalk.com or call us at 541-773-9567. And welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and I'm here with Nick Jones, the man with the plan. Nick, great to be here with you. We had a great uh, first segment. We talked about the Social Security Cost of Living Adjustment, or COLA. And I will say this, Nick, when you told me you wanted to talk about COLA on today's show, I started to do some research and looked into, you know, the different types of COLA, like RC, Coke, Pepsi, and the COLA wars. I ha- I was fully prepared. <laughs> and then uh, you dashed my hopes. It was the cost of living adjustment, not actual COLA. So yeah, uh, I was disappointed. You know, I love my pop or soda, depending on where you're at. Some places they call it pop. Some places they call it soda. And even in, in, in Atlanta or the South, some places just call it Coke. And they ask you, when you go to a restaurant, what kind of Coke would you like? And I'm like, <laughs> what funny. do you mean, what kind of Coke would I like? And they're like, would you like, um, you know, Sprite or Pepsi or Mountain Dew or Coca-Cola or Diet Coke? What kind of Coke do you want? <laughs> so funny. So, yeah. So funny. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, a little bit of trivia there for our listeners. I'm sure a lot of folks out there listening know. Uh, that I call it pop in the Midwest in Minnesota. We call it pop. How about you? Uh, no, I call it what it is. Coke, Coca-Cola, <laughs> diet Coke, whatever. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, Hey, um, what do we have next? Uh, we talked about social security and how our listeners can get that social security maximization report, the importance of waiting and that cost of living and how that's calculated. What do you want to spend the rest of the show talking about? Yeah, you know, another really very important topic uh, this time of year that has come up a lot because of how the market has treated us and reacted is um, withdrawal strategies in Uh, a down market. And I think this is a very important thing to consider and talk through with your advisor. There's just a number of things that we will cover here, um, you know, and and try to maybe ease some people's minds. But, you know, the first thing, Tony, is to don't panic. Right. And you really just want to avoid making any major changes to your portfolio when you're feeling panicked. And, you know, staying in the market will allow typical investors to see the performance of an eventual market return. Right. And so, in contrast, moving a large quantity to cash uh, accepts the losses that you have and puts you in the point where you've got to figure out when to get back in, which is typically done for most people once the market has already recovered. And that is uh, a significant, uh, you know, damaging part of uh, a financial strategy for sure. 
I'm always saying there's no need to panic. When you're definitely if you're working with Nick Jones, there's no need to panic. <laughs> well, and 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 you know you bring up a good point. I mean, a lot of clients you need to sit down with your financial advisor multiple times a year to make sure that you're on track and on path because lots of different uh, financial instruments come available when the market has volatility. Lots of things have changed for our clients this oh. year, and I've been able to offer some um, phenomenal. Uh, great opportunities for them and different things that we didn't even talk about a year ago. Right. And so, um, you know, that, that definitely is something that needs to be done. Now, Tony, the second thing that I think a lot of people need to think through is to just be fiscally prudent because, you know, in a down stock market, it often makes sense to consider reducing some household spending, uh, which can keep you from taking too much cash out during a weak market. And so, First off, um, you have to be able to cover your essential non-negotiable expenses like food and energy and housing costs, yep. obviously. But um, uh, the majority of your investments are subject to market volatility. If they are, right, then you may want to reconsider spending a larger amount of money on something that's discretionary like a new car or a big vacation or dining out. And there's so many different options to be able to still have those things, but not um, ruin, uh, your portfolio in, in a certain way. And yeah. so here, I'll just give you a quick example. You know, somebody called in and a client of mine called in the other day and said, hey, I want to buy a new car. It's $50,000. Just go ahead and take 50,000 out of my account. I go, well, you know, earlier this year, that was worth $60,000 because we've had a, a decrease in the markets. What if you just got a car loan that still is relatively low at say three and a half percent and just let me help you cover the monthly cost. And they said, okay, well, why would I want to do that? And I said, well, cash is king. If you take $50,000 out all at once, one, you could have some tax implications of that, but also it's gone. You just paid for uh, a car and now the you don't have the opportunity to have any growth going forward. Um, if you kept the money in the account and just took the bank's money and just paid it off monthly after that five or six year car term loan, I bet you you still have some of that $50,000 sitting there. Yeah, there you go. And uh, you never want to pull out big chunks like that in a down market. Exactly. If you don't exactly. absolutely have to. I mean, you're better off with a, a low interest loan and uh, you have to do the math. And that's where you come in, Nick. You looked at the situation and looked at the math and say, okay, car loan's going to be max like, okay, 3%, even calculating in the interest you're better off making those monthly payments and leaving the 50,000 in the account to roll up. Uh, because the, when you have a down year, usually when it goes up, it goes up and you want to, you want to catch all those gains with as much of that $50,000 as possible is what let, you're saying, right? You are 100% correct, Tony. Let's talk about that for a second. So, you know, uh, trying to leave money in the stock market is, uh, ultimately the goal because right. that was probably your original goal. Right. when you started investing. And, you know, many investment professionals are going to advocate for leaving money in uh, in a downward trending stock market, primarily when we have weak markets, because historically, like you mentioned, we have bounced back uh, to incredible highs. Um, and so the, there are several reasons why you want to avoid pulling cash out of the market when values are down. You know, uh, an interesting chart that I've shared with many of my clients this year is since 1950, so basically the last 70 years, if you look at the broad-based stock market, the S&P 500, for instance, um, on average, 
the worst declines that we have typically over like th- longer periods, three to six months, are right around 20% losses. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where we've been this year at the bottom of yep. the market multiple yep. times. Yep. Right. The interesting thing is a year later, after we found the bottom, the average return is positive 25. Okay. Now, I don't know when we're going to be at the bottom. Nobody can tell you that. But the point I'm making is if history repeats itself and we're basically at the low on average of where history tells us we should be, if we're patient and we time it correctly a year later, we're going to be way above where we started. And so something to just consider, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to miss out on the gains or let emotions dictate your decisions like, oh man, the markets are horrible. I'm going to pull my money out. You don't want to pull money out when it's down uh, and then miss out on all the gains when it goes back up, Uh, which it does. The market will go up. The market will go down. That's how the market works. But overall, uh, since its inception, it's gone up. If you look at the chart, uh, it keeps setting record highs, even with a really down year uh, 73 or what is it? 74% of all years since the market inception have been up years. That's right. And that's right. And every year after a, a midterm election, the market's gone up. And so typically. for the last, since 1950, typically uh, that yeah, is correct. Yeah, yeah. That's what typically happens. So a, a lot of good indicators, but again, past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. But you have to look at it, and if history repeats, this is what happens, and this is what's happened with the market since its inception. So, uh, market is long term. So you can't let one, you know, one day, one month, or even one year dictate. You really right. have to uh, be in it. Now, obviously, the older you get, or the further into retirement you get, the more that changes, and that's why you need a plan and to work with somebody like yourself. That's right. And, you know, I don't want to scare people into thinking that they can't take money out of their accounts, right. um, you know, but postponing withdrawals, large dollar amounts are, are, are the thing that we want to talk through here. You know, I mean, leaving cash in a weak stock market is usually the best move for younger investors who have time to recover. But retirees tend to use market withdrawals to generate cash flow. And they have less time for the market to rebound in, in these bad situations. However, Tony, we can definitely structure things differently than what most people think. So if you've got a a large um, increase coming for or or a large cost coming, I should say, for something, instead of taking a huge amount out all at once while the market's low, try to figure out if you can do that on a monthly basis. So how about if we up your income by you know, $1,000 a month instead of taking 50,000 out all at once? Um, That example of the car loan, because then you're taking advantage of what's called dollar cost averaging, but in the opposite way, dollar cost averaging out. We don't know where the market's going to be, but right. if it's higher a year from now and you've taken all that money out, you're not going to benefit from the growth like we talked about. So right. just very, very important to discuss with your advisor to make sure that um, they are setting you up in the best way to succeed. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's so important, Nick. Uh, Now, let's keep moving down the list. Uh, What do you have for us next? So the other thing that's not going to come as a surprise, but a lot of people, when I talk to them about this, don't think about their buckets of money this way, is having a strategic portfolio plan. And what I mean by that is there should be like three buckets of money that you consider. 
Okay. The short bucket, the mid midterm bucket, and the long-term bucket. And so the short bucket of money is basically a liquid portfolio that's going to address your retirement income needs over the next, let's say, one to three year time frame. And these funds should be held in cash instruments or CDs or guaranteed solutions that allow you to have the liquidity that you need to pay yourself for those specific parts of of the uh, uh, you know of your budget right during that time period um, and then tony moving along to the midterm you know th- this is where you're looking at probably not touching the money for a four to seven year time frame um, but you've got to have the notion that that is going to turn into the short bucket of money in just a few years right so you have to actively manage you know, the risk that you're taking in that time horizon and that spectrum um, to one, get a better rate of return, hopefully between now and then, but more importantly, make sure that it's going to replenish your liquid portfolio in say three to four years. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the long term, the legacy portfolio, the growth side of everything, where most people probably should have, say, 60 to 70 percent of their assets. This is where you're not really going to touch this money unless, God forbid, something terrible happens. Um, for, you know, a seven, eight, 10 year period of time, this is later in life money. And even if the market is low, you've got to understand that inflation is going to eat up money if you just keep it in cash. And, you know, everything is just going to increase when you stop working and, and retire. So you've got to have some growth in your portfolio. Now, I'm not saying, Tony, that you got to put um, all 60 or 70% of that money right into the market at 100% risk. Right. I'm just saying that you've got to use some growth assets that, you know, uh, will probably over time help replenish both the short and mid buckets. Because we know that if we look back at history, every three, five and 10 year rolling period in the markets is positive. Yeah. We don't know timing wise when that's going to actually occur. Right, right. But, you know, the the longer that you have to invest time horizon is a big deal here. It's huge. Um, gives you the ability, right, to invest in a different way. And so, you know, when people come in and they're prospects of ours and don't know that kind of plan that we put together for them um, and you explain it to them, it, it calms their mind because they're thinking, yeah, I don't need to have all my money invested in the market. And yeah, maybe if I think right. about it in three different buckets, then it'll be easier for me to stomach and weather the storm. And that's exactly what we've had to do this year. Before we go today, let our listeners know how they can get a plan in place and make sure they have covered all these points. Definitely. The easiest way is just to go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Lots of great information on there. You can fill out our uh, risk tolerance questionnaires, our color of money risk tolerance questionnaires. You can fill out requests for portfolio reviews and blueprint uh, meetings, right? And also social security maximization reports. And so we're here as a resource. The reason why we do this show is for education purposes, clearly, Tony. And um, we're just trying to let uh, the local community know that we're here to help them in any way. Uh, They can also just give us a call at 541-773-9567. Well, thanks, Nick. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Nick Jones. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541-773-9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. 
fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.